Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. And today we talk about better coaching for better learning in BJJ. Now, we've all had different experiences of coaches, whether it's in the gym or at the BJJ Academy. And sometimes you get a great coach. You get a coach who's really knowledgeable and really interested in sharing with you. And then you get other coaches who just, they show you the technique and that's it. It's like, there you go. Good luck to you. And they're not necessarily that invested. And every coach has a different teaching style. And some of them have many teaching styles so they can reach more people. What we're going to talk about today is really how, as you become better at sharing, your partners become better, and it has this great knock-on effect to everyone else in the academy, whether you're sharing a, a jiu-jitsu technique or you're sharing a, a mobility drill. That ability for you to be able to take a piece of information that you've understood and then make it so someone else understands it is really powerful. And that the better we get at this, the more powerful it amplifies. We're going to break this down in a few different ways. Why are we doing this? Well, it's interesting because it did come up recently. Uh, shout out our good friend, John Tang. What's up, bro? And uh, <laughs> representing. And he had said, hey, could you give us a bit of an insight? Because you guys are always coaching and talk about coaching. How you approach coaching uh, bulletproof to your people, but then also how you might approach teaching jiu-jitsu because it's a complex set of ideas coming from that coaching background. And so I was like, okay, that's worth digging into because I know that with myself, when I have to teach a class, I have to re-examine this idea so I can make it accessible to other people. And by virtue of doing that, I get a bit better too. I understand it a bit better. Yeah. And I think something that we've identified with the audience that we have for Bulletproof is that there are people who, whether they're academy owners or they're just practitioners, but they want to share what they're learning through Bulletproof with their teammates. Yeah, you bet. So we've got like gym owners who are asking us, hey, do you mind if we run a class, yep. you know, using the mobility staff? Or can I share this with my students? And we're like 100% go for it. There's a concern there that they might do a shitty job. Of <laughs> shit, <laughs> Possibly. Right? Which is, yeah. you know, like there has to be standards in coaching. But the biggest thing for us is like, yeah, it's important to share this information and – one of the things that jiu-jitsu is really good at doing is bringing people together into a training space, i.e. the mats, where sharing is really a strong part of it. It is. Someone might ask you, oh, how did you sweep me in that role just then? Or what, what is it that you always do to catch that armbar? That's when I say to them, I'm not fucking telling you, bro. <laughs> Stop me getting it. Mate, book a <laughs> private lesson. That's right. right. Actually, I'd go to Bulletproof for BJJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a premium subscription. No, but it's, it's true because – well, I find it quite funny because some people are good doers, great athletes, but they're not necessarily good coaches. It is its own skill. I've been that person in jiu-jitsu for a long time. I never could articulate how I did things. I just did them. Yeah. I was, I was like a native English speaker. The natural. Yeah, I just got good Show English because I was born in, in, in Australia. And, you know? But what like, made you so good at jiu-jitsu, Joe? Yeah, I don't know. The primal need to just choke someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my DNA, I guess. <laughs> Say for us, we come from this background of teaching, right, as personal trainers. Sure. The coaching exercise and human movement 
has evolved a lot. It's developed a lot because it's a very competitive market, firstly. It is. So you know, I guess that's the main thing. Because it is so competitive, to be good at it, to, to be able to have a good gym, to be able to be a good coach, you have to look into it and you have to educate yourself on how to be a better educator. True. You learn to communicate. You learn to understand different teaching styles, that kind of thing. You look at jiu-jitsu and it hasn't gone through that yet. No. Because really it's just like whoever's got the colored belt can open the gym. That's true. In a sense, that's cool. It's just earlier in the timeline. But so I think kind of what we're getting at is like for anyone listening, you guys are at different stages of the game. Even if you're a white belt, you will be a teacher at times. If someone asks you how you did that or if someone asks you for advice (laughs) or if someone copies the warm-up drill you're doing, you are actually – you're influencing their journey and that is you being a teacher. So if we can arm you with some skills and I get – and we can extrapolate that out to – if you know some shit and you want to share it with your team, it's like, hey, guys, look at these mad stretches I learned from Bulletproof. There's a certain way to go about that that we believe is most effective. Definitely. I, I agree with you there. And, you know, I think both of us have had that experience of having been influenced and helped by great coaches and then also some pretty average ones. Shit ones. <laughs> you see them. And it's, it's good to know because you can learn from those people and go, man, that is not how you teach someone something. And I remember when I started jujitsu, basically my coach was like, if you don't learn the way I teach, you're dumb. And I knew that was wrong. I went to uni to study education and they talked about learning styles and everyone learns differently. And sometimes you've got to communicate differently with people for them to get it. You can't just be like, there's only one way. That's just not true. So we were just discussing this before we jumped on the podcast was this idea of being able to take somebody from a very beginner level through to like a more advanced level. And it's not dramatically different other than when someone first starts, there is a lot of things they don't know. And when someone gets more advanced, they know a fair bit, but there may still be some chunks missing. And it's your ability to fill that gap for them to take the next step. When we are approaching teaching somebody a skill, it's good to be able to have like an easy, medium and hard option. Like, because oftentimes, and I've done this myself where I've told myself, oh, this is a great sequence. I'm going to show it to the guys today. I'm going to blow their minds with how good this jujitsu is. And I come in like, all right, guys, we're going to do this and that. And they just stare at me blankly. And I'm like, no, 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 trust me. I'll show you. You'll get it. And then the kind of drill begins. It's like, no one's getting it. Damn, jumped ahead. And you need to be able to step back and, and give someone something easier to do. So- For example, we take a skill that almost no one is good at, juggling. If you can't throw and catch a ball with one hand just to yourself, just throw a ball in the air and catch it, you are not juggling. That is not happening. You know, just some basic gross motor skills. The same is true of jujitsu and lifting. If somebody can't do a basic bodyweight squat, they shouldn't be doing, you know, a barbell snatch or a barbell clean. Same thing, like if we all seen it, right? It's kind of funny. You, you always see that real new white belt. Like they're not even a white belt. They're just their first day at the academy. And you're like, oh, we're going to do some hip escapes. Everyone knows how to do hip escapes. Except for that fucking guy. <laughs> he looked like a dead fish. He's like, meh, meh, on the ground. It's like, it's kind of funny. You feel bad. You feel bad. You're like, ah, oh, maybe. Oh, I wish that guy wasn't here. <laughs> making ruins us, it. Making us look bad. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah. the coach is like doing the hip escape. They're training too. Coach is like, oh man, just like yelling at them from across. <laughs> just try to, do, uh, yeah, that's good, Timmy. Good yeah, job, mate. As you were. Yeah. Okay, forward rolls, guys. <laughs> Onward. Yeah. <laughs> but before we go there though, okay. why don't we tell them why it's important that somebody should learn this? Like why for some white belt who's listening to this, they're like, 
well, why do I need to learn how to coach some shit? Because I'm just a student. I'm busy learning. Yeah. And I think something that we've identified and I think I'm sure everyone listening could resonate is that when you have to teach something or you look at something from the perspective of having to teach it, you actually learn it much more effectively for yourself. Yes. I can say this from experience. I think I got to brown belt in jiu-jitsu before I ever coached a class really, uh, like on any regular sort of basis. And it was only then that I started to look at, oh shit, that sequence that I do, how do I do that? And, I, and actually having to break it down so that I could come to a class and be like, all right guys, I'm going to teach you this sequence. Just that process in your head allows you to learn something to such a deeper degree, no? Yeah, and reorganize the information because once you've processed it for yourself and you've gone, right, okay, I put the arm here, put my foot here, why do I do that? Oh, that's right, stops them from getting their guard back. That means I keep their arms so I don't fall off. I still get it in. So you get this internal process. So then when you actually have to put it into words and share it with other people, you can give them a reason. Because someone else is just looking at you like you're speaking a foreign language. Tell me why. And if you haven't really got that answer for them, you're just like, oh, just, you know, because I say so. That's not flying with anybody. I mean, people might not question you, but in their head, they're thinking, oh, does this guy really know what he's talking about? So if you can say, guys, it's really important, keep this grip, put your weight this way, and then they feel the difference. And often what I'll do is I'll let someone do something wrong. I'll, I'll let them do it incorrectly, then give them feedback to do it correctly and say, see how that feels different? Now this is why. Yeah. And actually I think allowing people, not that you want people, to, it's not like to make fun of them or anything like that. It's important that people feel what it's like kinesthetically to do something incorrectly. And they feel like, oh yeah, it doesn't feel right. Now do it this way. Does that feel better? Yeah, I guess. Like, And the more you can get someone to practice a skill correctly and for them to know the difference that's really important yeah on that greater sort of thing about why it's important for you to pass stuff on you're going to be doing it at some point eventually you're actually in a very powerful position when someone asks you like oh hey how did you do that or or what is it that you keep catching me with there if you articulate that incorrectly then you've just given that person bad information correct and you've done it like unwittingly you're like i'm not the teacher i'm just fucking here to get better but you've given that person bad information, you have influenced their learning journey. Mm. And that, you know, and particularly like for any colored belt, like a blue purple, depending on what academy is, you're like, you could be a god to someone who's just walked in. That's right. Right? And so it's important to kind of, I think, respect that relationship. Be like, I've got a bit of an obligation here to give you my best. Yeah. You know, maybe we talk about what some of those principles are about actually coaching something effectively from beginners to advanced and, and effective communication. Something that I think is important there is, say in jiu-jitsu, something that you get a lot is uh, there's two questions. It'll either be uh, why are we doing this technique? Like say, hey, guys, I'm going to show you this X-guard sweep tonight and then we're going to come up and, you know, come on top. And someone could ask why are we doing this or someone could say I prefer to do it another way. And you as a coach feel like you need to be able to explain why this way is better or why the – all of the people in your class need to know it. Now, that's a very hard question to answer. Yeah. You've got 15 people in the class. Maybe it's not relevant to every single individual. That's right. But sometimes the perspective there can be greater. Instead of this specific technique, the perspective can be something like, 
you guys are uncoordinated with your legs and I'm just trying to teach you some shit that's going to use your legs better. Sure. You know, I just want you to learn some better dexterity in the legs. I don't give a fuck about what technique we're using. Yeah. It's about you using your legs more right now. Yes. And that's like, oh, that's, that's contextual. That makes sense to everyone. Mm. I think that having the ability to like pull away from the individual technique and go, well, this is actually why we're doing it. I think that's a really important piece. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, there could be an underlying principle there and you know, I, I've been pretty lucky in both the strength conditioning realm and also the jiu-jitsu world to have sat next to amazing coaches and kind of pick their brains. Just, you know, like really relaxed, um, just five-minute exchange of a conversation and they drop a gem. They drop a bomb and you're like, wow. And it, to me, I'm like, wow, that's really important. They just think they're just talking. And one of the most important takeaways from two conversa- similar conversations was techniques are many and principles are few. So many people, like people would just be, oh, this hot new technique, oh, have you seen this? Oh, that's mad. But why are you doing it? And this, this is really key because you can be doing any, you can do anything, but why are you doing that? That might be totally irrelevant to the actual problem you're experiencing. So case in point, uh, student of mine always saying, oh, man, I want to do armbar escapes. Why is that? Oh, I keep getting armbarred. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Like Rational. That seems to follow. But maybe you're getting armbarred because you're getting your guard passed so easily. So then maybe we've got to have a look at a bit of guard retention and it's like, oh, yeah, but I, I can't move my hips like that. Oh, okay. So maybe it's we go another step deeper. Your hip mobility is terrible. So you just can't even – you haven't even got the kind of physical vocabulary to have good guard retention. That is why you're getting armbarred all the time. So now set you up and just drill armbar escapes is, sure, it's something you need to learn. Somewhat beneficial. Yeah, but if we improved your hip mobility, that would give you access to greater guard retention, that would improve your whole game, and then suddenly defending the armbar isn't as important. Even though you want to learn it, I think it is – important to try and ask a couple of questions to go a bit deeper because it's the same as when someone goes oh my knee hurts you're like okay well let's look at the situation and then you you might find that that's because the hip's not doing its job or because your ankles aren't working properly or whatever it is and when we're able to do this when we're actually able to better understand a position a technique anything our jiu-jitsu gets better our team gets better our teammates get better and just the whole environment of being able to share quality information flows on. Yeah, there's a phenomena, phenomenon. Could be a bit of both. Could be a bit of both. That that you see on the mats often, and that is lower belts teaching lower belts. <laughs> yeah, right. And and you know, it's it's cool. Like there there should be an information exchange. And you know, you will see it a lot as coaches, right? You you walk around and someone be like, and you you know, you'll overhear a conversation, oh hey, here's something I saw on YouTube, check it out. <laughs> Do the footlock like this and then you'll see the other person have a go at it and it'll just be a... Just butcher it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes as a coach, you jump in there and go, everybody shut the fuck up. Erase what you just learned. Stop. Focus on the drill, right? Stop right now. Because, it, you know, because it can just become more problematic than, than not for that person's learning. Sometimes you let it go. But that having standards to what is being coached, the main thing there is you can't learn everything at once. So there's something important as a, as a coach or as a person who is about to pass on some information to a counterpart, which is you can't give everyone everything in that moment. Yeah. 
So how do you go about then say, and this maybe ties into your point earlier about uh, beginner, medium, advanced, or you know, having regressions and progressions for any particular thing. How do you go about identifying what it is that that person needs at the time? Well, that's, that's quite challenging, right? If you've just started jujitsu, or say you've done jujitsu for a year or two, and you feel like, yeah, you're getting the hang of it, you're getting the ropes, you know some positions, you know some techniques, but you don't, you don't in no way feel like you're an expert. But you definitely know more than someone who's just walked in off the street. Typically, the way you teach is the way you were taught. So unless you're really into it and you're, you know, you're looking at the Danaher DVDs and you know, like the downloads and you're watching stuff on YouTube and you're asking questions all the time, which is not a lot of people. People don't necessarily have time for that. But let's say you're in a workplace and you know, you've got a group of tradies and you've got to teach them some skills. Oftentimes it's just being able to see where someone's going wrong and just being able to help them fix their mistake that can have huge impact. I find one of the easiest things I can do, even though obviously people are going to make other mistakes, is saying, hey, like, even if they're rolling you, you can just stop the mid-roll and say, hey, you keep putting your hand here. That's really bad. Like, Especially if they're about to pass, stop the roll. <laughs> yeah, do not let them pass. Reset. Let me have the lasso. Yeah. Right. Shake hands. I, okay. I wanted to show you something from here. Just from here. <laughs> so so I, I think one of the important things is identifying mistakes. Yeah. That, that's actually the first step is stop repeating your mistakes. That, yeah. That's the first thing I always try and do with any person. If they keep coming up and asking me the same thing over and over, they haven't addressed the mistake. Once we remove the mistake, it's like what is the easiest thing or what's the low-hanging fruit for them to get better? So a lot of the time for some people – they will be leaving their legs on the ground. They, like if they're playing guard, they won't necessarily have their feet on the hips or they won't be using hooks. Their legs will be relatively inactive. They'll be framing like crazy, like pushing and grabbing and doing whatever they can with their arms, but they're actually not even using their legs correctly from the guard. So it's just trying to then take the step and say, hey, the first step, you've got to try and keep your legs between me and you. That is your number one goal. And, and just get them to think about that. And once they start to incorporate that, you're like, cool, that's level one. Then we start to go up levels from there. So the first thing I do is like look for maybe where they might be making a mistake and then give them something easy to grab onto. I think the mistake I've made in the past as a coach is trying to flex my knowledge. Like, ah, I'll show you guys. Yeah, this is really complicated. You're going to think I'm really smart. And then they're just like, no, you're a shit coach because you're just trying to – well, they, they probably don't. They're probably like, oh, I'm a shit learner. Oh, yeah, that's it. JT's so fucking awesome. But oh, it's so like, smart. Because he just gave us 147 pieces of information. <laughs> I can't remember them all. <laughs> yeah, it's, and then that's, the th- that's often the thing. And I would say that is possibly one of my biggest failings is the need for me to want to give information. Because i got all this knowledge. I want to share it. I want to give it. I want to give value. But oftentimes it's knowing when to, you know, knowing what not to say. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. We'll parallel this with what we do in the gym. This applies to our, our work in Bulletproof and, and our sort of philosophy around coaching people through strength and mobility. But it's that triage approach. It's like when you show up at emergency and they've got the triage nurse and the nurse would be like, what happened? And you'd be like, oh, I fell over. Okay, you know, something broken. Is it bleeding? How bad? Let me see. And they're making an assessment on what's the most important thing right now. And if they're like, you're pretty good, they're like, Go sit over there. Doctor will come soon. Yeah. But you're if, you're like, if you're like, oh, I've cut the inside of my thigh and I've lost like a bucket load of blood, they're like, 
Right. We'll get you straight into a doctor, straight into yeah. a surgeon. You know, like they're so they're identifying the most important thing right now. Definitely. And that is totally the thing with coaching. And what you just said is like identifying the mistake. Yeah. Maybe, and this is, you know, here's a handy tip for anyone who's doing the coaching piece, like maybe it's not uh, maybe they're not making a mistake, but maybe there's one thing that they're just not doing that well. Yeah. Your goal should be to address just that one thing. Mm. Because like you said, the oversharing of information. This is a classic case with, uh, like, say we're teaching someone to squat. You get someone to do a squat and then you see a few things. And you go, mate, I need you to push your knees out a little bit. Your feet are also a little bit too far turned in. I want you to turn them out. Notice at the bottom your hips are ducking in. So let's keep the, the butt sticking out. And also want you to keep your shoulders back and chest up. Yeah. And it's like, tell me what the first three things I just said was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, fuck, no. Like, who yeah, remembers who, that who shit? Who knows? So you got to hold back. Yes. got to, like you said, know not what to say. you got to say... What is the biggest thing that needs the like the most important thing that needs addressing right now for something like a squat? Change your foot position. Let's get that right. Yeah. Okay. Now get me a set at that. Yeah. Definitely. And once you've done that, we can talk again. But yeah. it's like this drip feeding. And I think that from an ego point of view, it's very hard to do that. Yes. Because you're intentionally withholding information. Mm. But that's the thing, is that is how somebody learns. You give them a little crumb progressively over time. And it's like, you got to keep a handbrake on yourself, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I'll be honest. I had a session just before it was a foundation. Gentleman came in here at Jungle Brothers, have a really good way to introduce people to the gym. And I was assessing him and seemed like a smart guy, physically capable, you know, kind of just, he's about to turn 50, really fit, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to show I'm the expert. Anyway, I wasn't doing too much, but I was layering all this information. At the start of the session, he said to me, I get pain in the middle of my knee like the inside of my medial part of my knee when i squat to this point i'm good and at this point it hurts and i knew exactly how to sort that for him because he told me that he'd done no running and then he did 10 k's of barefoot running oh it's like god damn 10 k's of barefoot running that's doing too much and uh anyway i've experienced a similar thing I said, have you been to a physio? Is there any problems? He's like, no, no, no. I can walk upstairs and do everything fine, but I have this issue. We do the whole session. I'm flexing my knowledge. I'm doing whatever I can to make sure he feels he's in good hands. And then right at the end of the session, the last five minutes, I just go, hey, man, let me just show you a quick little thing for your knee. I show him two drills, mobility and activation. I say, now try squat. He squats, no knee pain. He's like, far out. Like, this guy knows what he's talking about. The, the rest of the session didn't matter. He's totally forgotten everything I was trying to teach him. But now he's like, I believe this guy. Right. He's bought in. Yeah. The whole time I was like trying to really, come on, man. Like I know what I'm talking about. Like believe me. He doesn't know me from bar of soap, you know. You just needed to take his pain away. Yeah, I just needed to take that. I need to just sort his problem. And I think if you're trying to help someone – regardless of all the info you have, if they come to you and they go, man, i got this problem. And you just say, hey, this is the simplest way to, for you to now not have that problem. That is a really good way to get somebody on the path to learning and trying to improve. Because often we don't admit we don't know stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably a bit of a, like a problem amongst coaches. Yeah. Particularly in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Uh, although I think it's a really um, confident thing to be able to say, I'm not familiar with that. I, I don't actually know the answer to that question. Yeah. But let me go find out. Yeah. Like I think that if you can, if you can say that when that, rather than, oh, well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, he'll, that, that technique works because of you can come up with some bullshit. Just make up some Yeah, like now you look like a goose. Yeah. You know, but the ability to just go, look, I actually don't know. 
no one expects you to know everything, do That's, they? Yeah. Well, I, I think if they did, then they're just being bloody unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah, there is only so much you can know. And, and I think people appreciate a degree of honesty. So if someone hits you with a question and you're like, well, I really – I don't know at all – that's actually the best thing for trust because they know that you're not going to bullshit them. Yeah. So just being able to be like that, there's, there's two elements there. It's like one, the person's ability to believe you and understand you as a coach or just as a good teammate who's willing to share, knowing your your depth or breadth of knowledge. And then when you really know something, you, you can stand behind it. You go, yeah, I, I have experience. I've done it myself. I've, I've helped other people do it and now I can share it with you. Because oftentimes people will question you not because they think you don't understand it, they just don't understand. So they just keep asking and asking what kind of like why and why and I don't get it. And really one of the hardest qualities to have as a coach or someone who wants to become a coach is just patience. Yeah. Like just being able to not strangle your mate because they're an idiot. And you're like, man, I'm trying to show you jiu-jitsu. Just understand it already. Yeah, but in the UFC and that, like, if I could punch you in the face, it's like, no, it's not what we're doing. There's a couple of important things there in terms of coaching folks. And I think, like, if we compare, say, strength training with jiu-jitsu, there's a really common thing in jiu-jitsu where a coach will go, hey, this is the technique we're doing tonight. Here, I'll show it to you guys. They show it a few times. They talk about it. Is everyone good? Okay, off you go. And they instantly start going in and correcting people. No, 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 I said put the foot here and you got to grab this sleeve. Okay, yep, yeah. And they start like micromanaging students before the student has even had a chance to fuck it up. Yeah. They haven't even done one full repetition. Yeah. Right? Because we have this desire. It's like, no, I don't want them to do it wrong. I want them to do it right. And mm. it's, it's coming from the right place. We talk about strength training and like we were just saying, there's a real skill to being able to give people an amount of information, let them go and do a set. Then if need be, give them another piece of information to improve the next set and keep it, and then walk away and keep that format, right? This needs to play out in jiu-jitsu. If you think about like, hey, here's an armbar from close guard. I'm going to give you a couple of key bits of information enough to get started. I'm going to let you do it 10 times before I come and make changes. Yeah. And I, I really have a gripe with that when coaches get in there straight away because – you just overload the student. They're already tr they're, they're trying to remember what you said in the demo and they're trying to take all that and they're trying to apply it to a live person and they're nervous because they don't want to fuck it up for the person. They want to look stupid. Yeah, and the time is going. So oh, I've got two minutes to drill this technique. And it's like, man, let them go. Like let that play out and then go give them some help. Don't yeah. jump right in there. I know that for us as coaches, PTs, we're, we're more comfortable with that. Definitely. And it's it's okay to allow somebody to sit in the discomfort or the dissatisfaction of not getting it right because the change, like the emotional change and also the, it, it cements in their memory sh more strongly when they get success because there's a mixture of relief and elation and like, oh, that felt good. I did that right. And that feeling of coming out of frustration and oh, I've been just – it's, it's almost like low-level shame, like, oh, I suck. Ah. And then, oh, oh, it worked. It does work. Oh, I, I don't suck. And that contrast is, is actually a really good learning tool in itself. This idea that everyone's got to be perfect and nail it first, I think oftentimes coaches get really, um, whether they're jiu-jitsu coaches or um, PTs, 
um, they're like, oh, my client is a reflection of my teaching. Mm. So if they suck, I suck. Yeah. No, not true. Not true. Like, and I actually think jujitsu is way more complicated than weightlifting because you're dealing with another human. Infinitely more complicated. Crazy. A barbell just sits there. Yeah. Whereas you might. There's like five steps at most. Like the dark prince will actively fight against me if I demonstrate with him on the mat. <laughs> I'm like, so you pull your you pull your partner's arm across like this and he fights me and I'm like, dude, you're the demo guy. <laughs> like work with me. <laughs> We're not sparring, man. <laughs> Come on. And, and that's the thing. I, I, I think for anyone out there, jiu-jitsu is complicated. So even though you might know what works for you, it's also good to say to a person who, if you're trying to share a technique or say you're trying to get your, your girlfriend or boyfriend into it and you're just kind of trying to show them some stuff at home, say, oh, like, my legs are a bit shorter, so this is easy for me. Or, or your legs are a bit longer, you might need a bit more space or something like that. Like, but if you've never had that consideration, you've never tried to, you've never tried to think about it from someone else's perspective, that will limit your ability to communicate it. But this knowledge only comes from the practice of doing it. Yeah. So you can't also, as a coach, if we're looking at skills, expect that you're going to be a great coach the first time you do it. No, that's right. And, so, you, and, and you've got to take... I guess feedback is the big one there. Yeah. Like personal feedback. You come away from a class, you're like, did I do a good job of that? And you'd be like, no, nah, I fucked that up. Like mm. I, I felt like I really, you know, and, and usually you never fuck it up that bad. People still no. have a great time. Yeah. That's the beauty of jujitsu. Whatever fucking happens in the class, yeah. everyone still gets to try and kill each other at the end for the last <laughs> like 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. And the, all of the class prior to that has been erased It just anyways. evaporates. Yeah, right. it's like that was an awesome session. Like even though you <laughs> might have totally blown it. But um, – but coming away from that and giving yourself a review, like, fuck, what could I have done better? Oh, yeah, when so-and-so asked me about that, I didn't have an answer for it. I need to learn that technique better. Going back to your point about having this beginner, medium, advanced, it's like if you are going to coach a technique or you are going to coach a Cossack squat or you're going to show someone how to stretch their hip flexors, like because you saw it on our Instagram, you want to kind of know, oh, well, if someone can't get into that position, say, I need to have an easier option for them. Yeah. Or actually if someone's really good at it and that's not tough enough, I need to have a way to make it harder. Then you've got like three different options. You have these variations and this becomes something you can work with. Yeah, the, the idea of like progression and regression. So actually I want to give a quick shout out. So shout out to our man, John Tang, for bringing this up, but also shout out to our good lady, Rachel, Popoka BJJ. Rachel Nelson. Nelson, what up, girl? Representing at RMNU. She's the first black belt under Hobson Mora. And she's there. She's got her girl gang. She's always doing mobility with them. She's repping for Bulletproof over in the States. She's Yeah, she's been like communicating with us since the very beginning. Yeah. And she's recently just come on as part of the team. Yep. She's now our US representative. She is. She's spreading the good word for Bulletproof over there. And she's she's got such good enthusiasm. It's amazing. And she does it. She's sharing with her students. She does it herself. Like she's a really good embodiment of somebody who walks the talk. You know, people know that about her. It's really cool. The reason why I want to give her a shout and also give a shout out to all of our Academy subscribers, the gyms out there who've, who've gone, yeah, I think this will be a good resource for my students. They are sharing. They're doing what they can because they feel that maybe they don't have all the answers and they're like, oh, this looks decent. I can share this and then empower them. And this is the thing I want to come back to. As much as you sharing with others helps you get better, even though it takes a bit of courage, 
because maybe you get scrutinized, maybe you look a bit silly, whatever. When you take that step, and this is truly leadership, which is taking the responsibility to say, I think I know something and I'm willing to share, that, that actually takes a bit of courage. You do it, you empower others. First, it's you doing the stretch and then someone comes over, they join you and they're, they're stretching their hip flexors. Before you know it, whole bloody class is doing it. Before you know it, you're running a bloody mobility session. And that's awesome because everybody- Before you know it, you're a mobility guru. Oh my God. You got your legs behind your head, man bun. Movement coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mobilizing my spine. Yeah. I so, want to show you my spinal waves. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just rocking. Are you locking and popping? Nah, bro, it's movement. You <laughs> um, <laughs> get a dollar thrown at you, they think you're breakdancing. No, I think it's one of the things that holds us back from sharing is criticism. We're like, ah, oh, I don't want to look like an idiot. But obviously it's like jujitsu, right? We all don't know what we're doing until we get a little bit of knowledge and we chip away, we get better over time. The practice of coaching and the practice of sharing is something that is its own skill. You have to spend a bit of time doing it, fucking it up, getting it right to get better. And that, like you were saying, Joe, that idea of taking feedback, you can also say to someone, I've just shown you a skill. Does that make sense? Like, do you understand that? And if they're like, yep, I get it. And they can show you the technique. You've communicated well. Yeah. But if you say, hey, show me this thing I've shown you and they totally don't get it, it's a mixture of your communication and their, their inability to do it as well. Yeah. From a communication perspective in the coaching environment, be it in jujitsu or in the gym, to tell the person the thing, show them what you want to do and then to ask, do you understand? Can you go and do it? Yeah. And for people to go, yep. Then you're like, great. But that's also an opportunity for people to say, no, I don't get it. I need you to sh-. And then you're like, okay, cool. Let me go over that piece Spend again. Spend a bit more on it, yeah. Yeah, but I think we often skip over that because it's like, ah, oh, we've got to get moving, got to be far. All right, show me, you know, we're trying to hustle through, you know. Yeah. I mean, in jiu-jitsu class, there's always a lot to cover. It's like, fuck, trying to rush the warm-up, trying to get the technique done because we want to roll, you know. Yeah. I, a really good piece of advice that was given to me by a good friend of mine, Shannon Stewart, years ago and he said this is really a relationships and a business thing but he said the value of any communication can be measured by its outcome so even if you had good intentions even if you were trying to pay someone a compliment and you said something a certain way and they were offended yes okay that's a reflection of how they might be feeling but you've got to have a look at your language or you've got to have a look at how you are speaking to them because that's the point of the communication if you can't get your point across to them then you've got to actually ask them because some people are much better. Unless your goal was to offend them. <laughs> oh, right? mission, mission accomplished. Well, no, but like as an example, like say you are, you're trying to give someone critical feedback oh. and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this person a piece of information. You want It's it going to hurt them right now, you want but they're going to go away. They're going to think about it. And it's ultimately going to help them. You know, like you might do that in jiu-jitsu. Sure. Oh, no, I'm, I mean, I, I'm always offensive, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just card blanche standard. I, you know, if you're sensitive get out the building people like jujitsu is for savages. If you're not, if you're not on board with a little bit of like, can't take the harsh words, you're not going to be able to take more like if the message doesn't get through. No, no, no. I totally understand. But I mean, I I've done it before where I've been too much in my own head about how I think about something and not really putting myself in their shoes. Yeah. And I think that's the super key thing is what does this person need right now? whether it's jiu-jitsu, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's anything, from beginner to advanced. Because we, we train some pretty advanced people, right? 
And I was saying this, I've like, done. you get some people, you're like, wow, they just did like a, they just did a strict muscle up. You're like, wow, their upper body power is crazy good. And you're like, okay, touch your toes. And it's like, nah, they can barely reach past their knees. You're like, right, well, you might be like a black belt in upper body strength, but there's clearly something that we need to work on here. And it's easy for us to say this, but we have developed a system where you can kind of break down how is somebody's mobility and how is somebody's strength. Whereas if someone just goes, yeah, I'm strong, I go to gym, I CrossFit, I'll do the burpees, bro. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's – but when you say to them, oh, like how are you at externally rotating your shoulder or can you reach behind your – like can you touch your hands behind your head? In their world, they're good. But then when you come to the world of jiu-jitsu, if you don't have the flexibility mobility piece and you've only got the strengths, you, you could get pretty easily broken. It might not happen straight up, but you're going to get bent out of shape. Yeah, so now we're talking like in terms of how we, how we scale and how we kind of communicate through the digital way that we do through Instagram, through our online program yep. to, to help people regardless of what level they're at. Mm. And I guess what you're pointing to there is that people might be really advanced in one thing, but they'll be a total beginner in another. Yes. So, yeah, for a lot of folks, you, you know, they might look at, at the people that we coach and think, oh, they just coach advanced practitioners. I guess what we're saying is the way we see it, no one is advanced or everyone has things that they're good at and things that they're not good at. And what our mission is, and this is what we're trying to achieve with our program and with our newest program to, you know, to be released standards, we're trying to find a way where we can meet that person where they're at, identify the weaknesses, identify the strengths, and then have them focus on those weaknesses. Yeah. They're still progressing those strengths. But like, all right, you're really good at this shit, but you suck at all this. Let's develop that so that we start to build a more balanced human. Definitely. It's easy for us to do that coaching in the gym. The new frontier for us is doing it through a digital platform. Yeah, that's right. Which is most people listening to this, that's probably how you engage with us. Yeah. It's a challenge, right? It's like- And we are learning as we go. Yeah. It's a whole different field of learning and communication because the standards are getting higher all the time, right? I mean, we're going up against meta. (laughs) God damn you, Zuckerberg. I know in myself that- because I've been uh, coaching for a long time, when I'm good, I, I can coach anybody. But then communicate that down the phone, through Zoom, that's harder. If you want to organize that into a website and somebody actually has to work their way from logging in to finding where they are in the program, stuff like that, what's been great, and this is what we appreciate about our community is, you know, you guys are pretty generous with us. You know, we are learning and we are in a process and we are getting better. We appreciate that you guys, you pay money for our help. And so that's why we do as much as we do because we do want to help. And I think the great thing has been uh, people will give us feedback, we take it on board and then we try and incorporate that as soon as we can to fix mistakes. And in the same way, if you ask us a question, we try and get back to you as soon as we can so that you can then kind of fix up whatever you're doing. Like you say, oh man, I, I'm, I can do an overhead press, but I can't do a pull-up. How do I do that? You say, oh, here's how we can help you with that. If there is a way that you think we can get better, we take feedback on. And that is actually a sign of a good coach. They usually say that uh, if someone can't take feedback, they're usually not good at giving it either. So if you've got someone who's really bad at, at communicating, it's just that practice of give and take. And I think when it comes down to sharing jujitsu or sharing mobility technique, your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and give to them 
is at the heart of that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. All right, my dude. I think that's that's it for us today. Now, guys, if you uh, are hearing this and you're you're at the start of your jiu-jitsu journey, but you know someone and you think they might benefit from hearing this or they might like it, please feel free to share it with them. We do this podcast for free, but that's because we love to give you guys as much as we can and sharing the podcast helps us. So if you know someone who might benefit from hearing this or someone who might just like it and get into what we're talking about, we would really appreciate you sharing this with your team. Thanks, fam. My guy. Thank you. Thanks, JT. Peace.